Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the Faith Focus Weekly Discipleship Podcast. My name is Kevin Rognes and I'm the Discipleship Director here at Faith Covenant Church. And as always, I just want to encourage you to make sure you subscribe, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on any of the plat- podcasting platforms. Uh, we just want to make sure that you never miss an episode. And so today we are wrapping up our three episode arc about the seasons of life. And to have that conversation and wrap that up, I'm joined once again by Pastor Shar, our expert on all things seasons of life. Uh, now no, I've decided. No, that's not. No, no. <laughs> no, I've just I have decided that you are that. You are a pastor of seasons of life. So that is hmm, my seasons decision. of life pastor. I like that. I think it's a good, yeah, I think that works. Um, So yeah, so what seasons are we talking about today? Because we've talked about kind of the, in the previous episodes, we talked about Mm -hmm. birth up to 18, kind of that childhood years. Mm -hmm. Last week, we talked about kind of those establishing years and into the building years. So where are we now? Now we are in the midlife transition years Mm -hmm. and the golden years. So, So is midlife transition a nice way of saying midlife crisis? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. For some, it doesn't have to be a crisis. It doesn't have to be a crisis. No, there may no. be one, but there might be one. Yeah. yeah. So the midlife transition years are roughly forty-five to sixty-five, mm-hmm. and then the golden years are sixty-five up. on up till you go meet Jesus. Yep. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. So, what are some of the defining pieces of each of these seasons? Yeah. Um, so I'm in the midlife transition year myself. At Are you 54. having a midlife crisis right now? Do we my, need to talk about my that? midlife crisis happened at age 40. So okay. it was a little bit early. That's when God called me into pastoral ministry when I was oh, 40. There you go. Yeah. Who knew? God knew. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you then. <laughs> no, no. So that was 14 years ago now. Um, but the midlife, so the midlife transition year um, is kind of characterized by letting go. It's interesting. I'm in a spiritual direction um, uh, certificate program at North Park Seminary right now and we had to read a class for our, our book for our intensive in July and one of the chapters in that book was about transitions and the gal kind of outlined this midlife transition piece and defined it as a season of letting go mm. um, where you're old enough we talked about this a little bit the last time where you're old enough um, and further enough along that you're able to look back mm. on the on your building years and prior and and some things you may go, oh yeah, yeah, this is good. And a lot of times you might go, oh, this is not quite what I had in mind. This isn't what I hoped for myself or my children or my marriage or my family or any, you know, this what I what I was building for, building towards, didn't turn out the way I expected it to or wanted it to. Um, so it's a season of of letting go, looking back and reflecting. Um, and then just letting go of the dreams, the hopes, the expectations, the things that you were building for and receiving what is, mm-hmm. and then trusting God with what's yet to come. So just releasing. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of expectations that we build towards, yeah. um, especially during those building years. Yeah. And then, and some of them may turn out the way we wanted and mm-hmm. some may not. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just because things don't turn out the way you wanted doesn't mean they turned out bad or that you're not grateful or unhappy. Right. It's just like, oh, this happened instead of this. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. How did I get here? How did that person get there? How did this happen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Especially how did that person get there? No. <laughs> right. Well, sometimes. Yeah. 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 So then what are some of the defining features of the golden years then? 
So the golden years in retirement, um, so another piece of the midlife transition, if you have children, is there, the empty nest is, mm -hmm. is beginning upon mm -hmm. you. Um, so in the golden years, you're generally retired, although I, I know more people right now in their 70s and 80s who are still working for mm -hmm. a variety of yeah. reasons. Um, but more often than not, people are retired in those golden years. So then that's a whole nother transition of identity again mm -hmm. and purpose yeah. and value and um, your voice changes as you get older, not not your literal voice that speaks, <laughs> but the the um, the value of your voice in conversations shifts a little bit mm -hmm. um, because the young the young adults and the building people they're the ones who are growing in their authority and their influence. So in the workforce, that's whose voice is heard and that's who's leading, and you don't have as many opportunities to lead. Mm, once yeah. you retire so your voice is quieter and softer and more on the fringe um, instead of kind of the cutting edge the center the one that everyone focuses on and listens sure. to um, so that can be a, a difficult transition um, kids are generally out of the house grandchildren are coming which mm -hmm. is a whole nother um, season yep. and transition how do you grandparent well how does your adult how do your relationships with your adult children change as they become parents if you don't have kids it's who, who do I spend time with now? Mm -hmm. um, and other people, like your nieces and nephews will be, when you're in these in these <laughs> years, they'll be adults. That's so then, scary to think about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then how do you relate to them and their children mm -hmm. in those adults? How, so kind of the maintaining of relationships over changing seasons for you and for them yeah. um, changes. And also in the golden years, you're, you're looking at the end of your life. Mm, yeah. And there's a the health issues start creeping up and become more and more center of con people joke about how they get to get you get together when you're old and you just talk about your health problems <laughs> um and i mean some of that's true yeah. because that's your current reality is yeah. things start to break down for some more than for others in your in your later years so there's a lot more time spent with aches and pains and doctor's appointments and um cancers and other things that that creep up and um, yeah. death and loss there's a lot of losses in the golden yeah. years yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll just stop there for now. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. So what are, what would you describe as the work of these two seasons? Yeah. Um, I think the work in the midlife transition years is that, that letting go and trusting God in, in new ways mm -hmm. and just looking to it's interesting. Thing, it's interesting to think of letting go as work. What? How, how do you define that as work? It is. If well, you're letting go. Yeah, um, I think it takes great work to stop being in, maybe it's a control piece that, mm. you know, when you're when you're letting go, you're really releasing control of something mm -hmm. and saying, this is out of my hands and realizing maybe it always was. Yeah. But you just thought you had more control than you <laughs> than you really did over things. Sure. Um, but it's work to, to hold back hmm. and to just let others lead or to let kids and grandkids do their thing or to let the next generation who's coming up to let their voice be louder um, or heard, um, to, to acknowledge that things are changing around you and culture looks um, quite a bit different mm -hmm. after a decade for everybody. Oh yeah. Everybody, oh, 40 yeah. years passes and, and- Things look different. Things look different 40 years I mean, in. Things look different 20 years ago. Right, right. Know. Yeah. Yeah, so there's figuring out you know what you don't you're not cutting edge on some things and you don't fully understand some things so you're you're dependent to a degree on those who are younger than you to help navigate mm -hmm. some of that and that's work yeah that's definitely work yeah mm -hmm. and what would you say is the work of the golden years then um i would say 
the work of the golden years is that trusting of God um, again with like for for a Christian um, trusting God for eternity mm-hmm. and and realizing that um, you still have a voice it might look different and it might feel different but um, finding finding your voice maybe mm-hmm. in different ways would be a good work yeah to put it for, for yeah. someone in their golden years because you still have influence you still have a voice yeah um, so you can people can spend their golden years looking back with regret or looking back with longing mm-hmm. of how things used to be um, which isn't I mean it some of that is healthy and normal and, and sure. natural but but to live there and to camp there isn't really helpful and isn't really productive because right. it can be a sad thing if you just focus on what used to be mm-hmm. instead of looking to God at what what is so I guess seeing seeing the joy in today and seeing the value in in a life well lived mm-hmm. um, one things too like um, I know you're involved with our grandparenting ministry yeah. and like a lot of what they kind of talk about is leaving a good legacy and that's mm-hmm. kind of I think part of that work too what would you yeah. say about like this idea of leaving a legacy yeah um, oh, super important um, and it being spiritually intentional in mm-hmm. the lives of your, of your grandchildren is kind of what we talk about in the Grand Disciples about being being intentional. You know, you can hope your grandkids catch some of the things by watching you live, mm-hmm. but oh, there's so it's so much richer if you actually have conversation with them and intentionally yeah. pour into them spiritually and at all their ages and in all their seasons. Yeah, because you still grandparents are the second most influential voices in the lives of a child mm-hmm. after their parents. So parents, obviously, or caregivers, um, mm-hmm. have have primary influence, but but grandparents are second only to parents. So there's huge opportunity. Yeah, um, you can play with your grandchildren and have fun with them, and that's all wonderful memory yeah. making. But you can also, in addition to that, be spiritually intentional mm-hmm. and help the parents raise godly yeah. children. And I know some things that some grandparents wrestle with is maybe their children have maybe their adult children are maybe not um, going to church regularly or not discipling their children. So mm-hmm. that's kind of an odd dynamic too, because yeah. now the grandparents are maybe the main disciplers of their grandchildren, mm-hmm. and their adult children may or may not want that. What's that dynamic yeah. kind of like? Because I know you talk to a lot of grandparents yeah. about that kind of situation yeah and that moves into some of the challenges of the season yeah that, that would be a big challenge in the in the golden years and even the the midlife transition years if your adult children don't embrace your faith and mm-hmm. don't embrace the faith that you raise them in yeah um, or maybe you as as a parent came to trust Jesus later on in life and your kids didn't have that I mean there's 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 a lot of grief and loss too as you get older um, every change brings about um, a degree of loss, yeah. which brings grief with it. So even positive changes, you know, you move to a new house, that's all positive, but you're also losing a familiar routine for a season mm-hmm. and you're losing neighbors that you knew and um, things that were comfortable or not, mm-hmm. you're not quite settled in. And the sentimental the memories and yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all, all change brings about loss and grief. So by mm-hmm. the time when you're in your 20s, you haven't experienced it just because you're young. Yeah. You haven't experienced that much change. Mm-hmm. But by the time you're in your... 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, you've accumulated this much change, yeah. this much change. So then somebody will say, what's, I've heard this said a number of times, well, how come that person is so worked up about this little thing? It's just a little thing. And I'm like, yeah, that's the 800th 
little thing yeah. this person has had to adjust to in the last few years. Yeah. So that we call that cumulative loss. Mm. So so change just builds in time and it accumulates and all of a sudden there's a lot of loss. Yeah. And that even exaggerates in the golden years when you're not working anymore. So there's an identity piece and a purpose piece. Yeah. Um, and there's the influence piece we talked about, the perceived influence piece. Um, but then there also become mobility issues oh, and yeah. you know I don't have my own home anymore because I can't maintain it. So now I'm in a townhome or I'm in an apartment or I'm in the senior building or um, I can't drive anymore. I can't walk very well anymore. I can't take walks outside anymore. I can't, you mm -hmm. know, just the physical limitations or I'm sick or I spend all my time um, going to see a doctor and, um, and then you start losing people. People yeah. start dying when they get older. So there's all kinds of that. Yeah. When I think too, um, part of what we're saying is you may wrestle with your identity once you're not able to be as physically active as you'd like to be or used to be, um, or you're not finding as much purpose outside of work. And I think that then points to the need for us to really root ourselves in Christ yeah. and put our identity in Christ before you get to that point so that when you do get there, it's not so jarring and not so shocking and it's easier to make that adjustment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as if working for Lord, the Lord and not for men mm -hmm. um, is a verse that I go back to often. And I mean, even if you're not like at work doing a job you're getting paid for, whatever work you're doing, you can you have a choice on how you how you perceive that. You know, are you making dinner for your grandchildren and your adult children? Are you serving Thanksgiving? Well, that's that's great work to yeah. do, and you can do that with joy, and you can choose to choose to serve. Choose is a big word. Yes, <laughs> that's a big word. Oh, absolutely. Um, they say that life is ten percent what happens to you, and ninety percent how you respond to what happens to oh, you. Oh yeah. I so I mean, we to a large degree we choose our attitude and our response to to yeah. loss and to change and and all that. So yeah, yeah. And I also just can't help but think that too when we talk about in the golden years you know, that potential loss of mobility that then also gets into a lot of parallels with people who are maybe much younger, but are experiencing loss of mobility due to an injury or a disability or a medical condition. And so I just kind of want to acknowledge that yeah. there may be some overlap in sure. those physical conditions. Um, it may not be the same in terms of like having grandchildren and stuff like that, but mm -hmm. some of those physical issues have some overlap with maybe younger people that are experiencing loss of mobility and that sort of thing too. Absolutely. Yeah. My husband had a knee replacement um, when he was 47, mm -hmm. which is just due to a fluky one, one in a million thing that happened. Yeah. Um, and that was a source of grief for a season because all of a sudden there were, he like aged 20 years, 30 years in, in the matter of one surgery. And he yeah. like, you will never in your life do this again. You will never again do mm. this. You'll never again do this. Um, so yeah, that was, not season of not season of life appropriate yeah for that yeah. to happen um and he's, he's worked through yeah. that but yeah. yeah so then um backtracking a little bit what are some of the joys of each of these seasons oh so many joys um <laughs> that so in the and you're a very joyful transition. person and you're in one of those seasons so um in the not always joyful but <laughs> but i try yeah. um but, You're one of the more joyful people I know, I would oh, say. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. You bring joy to us. <laughs> oh, good, good. Um, I think for the midlife transition years, um, you know, for many of us who are parents, our kids are approaching empty nest. Mm -hmm. And our kids are 
hopefully thriving and hopefully um, becoming responsible human beings and adults. So there's there's joy in launching kids that are that are thriving or yep. that are able to support themselves. And um, there's a refound joy. Refound is that a word? No. Renewed. Renewed joy. There you go. Um, for for many marriages when all of a sudden you have time for each other. Um, but I do have to say that can also be a, a difficult time for marriages if mm-hmm. all the time and attention has been on the kids and the kids leave. That can be a really difficult season yeah. for marriages too. But it can be a great source of joy to have freedom, mm-hmm. time. Kids are expensive. It's expensive raising kids. <laughs> it's wonderful, yeah. but um, but you don't have those expenses. They get off your health insurance. They get off your grocery bill. They, you know, <laughs> that all the, you just, you have space, you have If you money. want to downsize your home, that's an option. Yeah. yeah, you can travel and only pay for two of you. Yeah. <laughs> or one of you, or, you know, so there's some of that. Um, there's also, um, I don't know how to put this. I, the word that came to mind was coasting, but that's not really the right word. Um, but in the the building years, like career-wise, like work-wise, mm-hmm. you're you're striving and you're you're growing and you're moving and your voice is getting bigger and your influence is getting greater in your career. Um, at the end of your career, you start looking beyond that, um, and there's not a need to to strive mm-hmm. for the next thing. Um, it's not like you're coasting till you retire, but you can kind of enjoy. You're enjoying. Enjoy your, the building yeah. that's happened mm-hmm. and enjoy hopefully where you're at yeah um the fruits of your labors yeah in, in a lot of yeah. ways yeah and, and look towards that next season and what you know start dreaming mm-hmm. and envisioning so that's kind of my it's maybe a time reti- of greater rest in some ways yeah, yeah 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 my husband's retiring um in june at the end of the school year so we're starting that dreaming process mm. and that's joyful oh yeah so that's kind of fun i would say in the golden years um the early golden years um, my parents had a ton of fun in their early golden years. It was almost like they were back in college. All these new retired people yep. were like playing and getting together for card games and meals and fun play things and field trips and sure. um, just really enjoying that mm-hmm. freedom of not of not working. Um, for some, that's a tough transition. For some, um, that's a hard identity transition to not yeah. work anymore. I, like, I literally cannot imagine my dad not working. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I think he would go insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My mom, I, can, I'm, I think she's she'd be more ready to retire. But, like, my dad's just a person who has always worked. Yeah. And so I just can't imagine him not having something yeah, yeah, to work yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if it's not, not paid work. But mm-hmm. he, he, I think he'll just always be someone that needs something physical to work on yeah yeah well i hope it goes without saying that everything i'm mentioning is a generalization yes, it's, yes. this is not a one size <laughs> not everybody retires at 65 or 67. yeah um, many people choose to work a lot my father-in-law worked um into his late 70s yeah just because he I mean, part-time yeah. at the end but just enjoyed it so yeah. um, so not everybody goes cold turkey um when they retire yeah. either but um but there's different different type of time available um and enjoying grandchildren i hear grandchildren is the best thing ever so there's a My lot parents of are really enjoying joy <laughs> in the grandchildren years um but yeah being able to i guess enjoy the fruits of your labor and have things that you don't worry so much about money when you're older if you've been wise yeah um through your years um yeah so there's a lot of a lot of joy yeah. And then what are some of the unique challenges to each season? We've addressed some, but I'm sure there's a few more as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Um, 
so the the midlife transition years that some of the challenges can be relational um you know launching adult kids can be can be a bumpy road mm -hmm. for some um parents um as they relate to their kids um for a variety of reasons um some marriages have a hard time that that bumpy season some people um find at the end of their season they just don't like what they're doing like work-wise they don't like what they're doing and they can't imagine another how many years and yeah. some of that some of that ends up with the midlife crisis piece yep. that I want to switch careers mm -hmm. at age 50 because I cannot imagine doing this for another 15 years yeah. I'm done I'm sick of it and yeah. you know or <laughs> or it's not meaningful anymore so some of that is people just making a change thinking I don't want I don't want my best years here my my good years to be doing something I don't enjoy, enjoy so yeah. some people make a radical shift for that reason it's not that it's necessarily this crisis thing but um, but just because they want to have meaning and purpose in their in their later work years so right. some of that can be a challenge yeah. um, it can also be a challenge in the midlife transition um, you've heard of the sandwich generation where you have um, your parents are aging, mm, yeah. so I am. I'm beginning in that. Our parents, three of three of our four parents between Kirk and I, are in their 80s, and there's some health issues that are oh, that yeah. are cropping up. Um, so there'll be more of that as our parents age, um, and yet we still have young adult children we're launching and supporting mm -hmm. and pouring into. Um, eventually, there'll be there'll be grandchildren, God willing, <laughs> in the right time. I know um, you already love your grand puppy, so I do, I do, yeah. But so that sandwich generation, where you're you're a builder, or mm -hmm. you're a you're a earlier, um, or maybe even a later um, middle midlife transition person, and your parents are still alive, but they need your care, mm -hmm. and then you have younger people that need you also. So you're yep. kind of caught in the middle yep. of that sandwich piece. So that can be a challenge for people in the midlife transition mm -hmm. um the golden years loss yeah loss of we've mentioned those losses and and death you know mm -hmm. a lot of people lose lose friends lose spouses lose family members um lose a home to call mm -hmm. their own um lose their mobility lose their health lose their eyesight lose their independence mobility yeah yeah, yeah. all that independence yeah mm -hmm. yeah one mm -hmm. well, and that's that's just really hard for any younger generations to be watching grandparents go through that and yeah and children to watch their parents go through that and so that you know i think we just need to be cognizant of as our loved ones enter these the challenges of the golden years that we understand how that affects us as well mm -hmm. that are younger sure. and just kind of sure. yeah. be aware of that and take care of ourselves through that too yeah 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 um, what would you say are some of the pitfalls of the season, which we've kind of been defining in these last couple episodes as like points where you're stuck and not making yeah. any sort of progress? Mm -hmm. um, I think in the midlife transition, um, pitfalls might be looking back with regret over some things and mm -hmm. getting stuck there beating yourself up over some things. Oh, I wish I would have, if I had known it would be this way, I wish I would have yeah. done this. Um, and it's okay to look back and acknowledge mistakes yeah. or acknowledge ways you could have done something better. Yeah. But then there's a different piece of like sitting in that right. and like right. just living in that regret. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, adjustment disorder, they call it sometimes mm -hmm. um, in that midlife or in, in any season, really, like an adjustment disorder. If you're having trouble 
disorder is probably a strong word, but having trouble with the adjustment to an empty nest, that can be a painful thing, especially for moms, stereotypically for moms, um, when you've just poured into your kids and so enjoyed them and now they're not here anymore. That can be a lonely time. Yeah. Um, so that would be a, a pitfall, um, or I don't know what to do with myself now, or I don't know kind of who I am anymore, or mm -hmm. looking at your at your spouse, I don't know who you are anymore, and mm -hmm. you know where how have we become this? And yeah. so a pitfall. I think a pitfall for the the senior years is um, to to be frustrated and inwardly focused mm. too much. Yeah. And naturally that happens when you're not feeling well and you've got a lot of loss. There's a lot of that yeah. introspection. They talk about the life review. Our seniors look back mm -hmm. and and want to talk about how things used to be. Um, but if you do that at the expense of enjoying today. And also, I was told a long time ago that the greatest gift that you can give to your grandchildren is the gift of hope for their future. Mm. Hope for their future. Yeah. Instead of, oh, I'm sorry, oh, the world is terrible right now, and oh, all this horrible stuff, and you know, you and you can really burden your grandchildren yeah. and and your adult kids with the way we the way it was when we were growing up was wonderful and it was idyllic and you poor thing and and Jesus is still on the throne. Yeah. <laughs> God and is, will be. <laughs> God is still present in this in this life. Yeah. There are beautiful things. You don't see them on the news. Yeah. But there are beautiful, beautiful things happening in this world and we have opportunities to shine the light of God in the world around us and and that happens. Yeah. So pointing our, for a senior, pointing other people towards the hope that we have mm -hmm. in Christ and the hope that we have for eternity and the hope we have for the world and for the church. Um, yeah. Yeah. Pitfall would be not, is would be forgetting that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All really important stuff to be aware of. Um, what are some of the uh, specific needs for folks in these seasons of life? Oh, grace. <laughs> <laughs> Really, um, well, and I think the needs are similar in all all of them. Um, safe people to be vulnerable with, mm -hmm. and people that who are praying for you. Your three in the morning friends. I don't know if you've heard that phrase. Who are your three in the morning friends? I've not heard that. No. Who Who would you call if you aside from your your spouse or a parent? Like, who do you have a handful of people or a few people? Yeah. That you could call at three in the morning, and you know that they'd be there. Yeah. Who are the people that you that you could just say, I just need, I just need a shoulder to cry on. I just need someone to talk to. I know I don't need any judgment right now. I just need a safe person to be with. Yeah. Who are the people that you know will pray for you if you ask them to pray? Yeah. Um, who really will pray for you? So those, you know, the need for that in all, in all the seasons are important. Um, but in, you know, in, in these transitions, they, this book I read recently was talking about the um, midlife transition and said that that transition and the young adult transition are the two most there's the most significant change happens in those two and the midlife transition is the more significant of the two mm. because of the the looking back um and yeah so i just thought, i found that really interesting and the the letting go and learning how to walk with god in a different way mm -hmm. in a you are enough jesus all oh. this stuff i built all this stuff you are enough so that I'm thinking way off topic now. <laughs> no, that's okay. I don't even it's, remember the no. question. <laughs> we were talking about um, the specific needs of people in yeah. these various stages. Yeah. So, yeah. Support mm -hmm. and grace, people who will listen to them. Um, yeah. 
people need to feel like their their words still matter and they still have influence. Yeah. Even especially as they get older. Um, yeah. When I just think too of like I, I have one left, one remaining grandparent that's still alive here on Earth, and I just know that she lost most of her peers, and so she just needs that contact with people. Mm-hmm. So even she lives in Arizona, so even though I don't get a chance to see her very often, like I'm just reminded of the need to just call her up or FaceTime yeah. her and just give her that human connection because she doesn't have connection much with many of her peers anymore because they've passed away or they're maybe have dementia and aren't able to converse anymore um and so we really us younger generations really need to be there for older generations whether it's our grandparents or aunts Mm -hmm. uncles you know friends neighbors really need to be there when we start recognizing that okay they've lost a lot of their peers Mm -hmm. they've lost those people that they talk to yeah yeah that's, yeah. One of the great joys of my work is when I get to go visit our shut-ins, mm. um, people who, to let them know that they're not forgotten, that yeah. their church hasn't forgotten them. And some of the people I visit haven't haven't been here on a Sunday morning in 10 years yeah. because they can't. Yeah. They can't be here. They can't drive anymore and or they can't walk mm-hmm. into the building. So they... Some of them are able to figure out the technology and watch online. Some have a hard time with that. But to know that somebody remembers them mm-hmm. and will come and sit with them. Yeah. Oh, means the world. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. It's so valuable. Just just that. You know, just takes I mean one visit will let will will encourage somebody for weeks. Yeah. For a long period of time. You know, that they're not alone, they're not forgotten. Yeah. They're not invisible. Well, it was kind of funny because one of the last times I FaceTimed my grandma, um, I found out that she was like texting to a bunch of other people. Like there's like a Larson women group text and she was like, oh, Kevin FaceTimed me and we talked about this and he showed me the condo and blah, blah, blah. And like she was just going on and on about it. And I was like, I didn't think it was that big of a deal, oh, but it was. That's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they really need that kind of companionship yeah. um, as yeah. they get into those years. Yeah. So... Yeah. Um, so practically speaking, what do you, or how do you know if someone or yourself is not walking through these particular stages in a healthy way? Yeah. Um, It'll look like a lot of things. It looks like a people. lot of things. Yeah. Um, I think in these later years, um, I think the mental and emotional health piece um, speaks to that quite a bit. Yeah. Um, just having a hard time letting go mm-hmm. or having a hard time receiving the grace of God for things that maybe you wish you would have done differently or um, withdrawing. I think we talked about that before, but just kind of isolating and withdrawing yeah. in a not healthy way um, is a red flag um, and chemical dependency that, you know, some people turn to some addiction, addictive behaviors mm-hmm. um, to mask some feelings that they're feeling. So that's, that's not super healthy. Yeah, I think the mental health piece is is pretty key. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think too right now, it's interesting because the current seniors, like, and especially like my grandma's age and my grandma's generation, they didn't talk about mental health. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so to even convince them to even consider something like depression that they may need medication for, 
that's very foreign to a lot of people in that age group because you just you didn't talk about that Mm -hmm. um and so it'll be kind of interesting to see like how my generation is when we're at that age um but yeah that mental health piece off didn't get talked as much about Mm -hmm. for for a lot of them yeah and i think too we also have to remember what they're coming from because sometimes things that seem really unhealthy to us we can really explain as like well that's a generational difference like when my i think it was 2021 my parents were helping my grandma move down from north dakota down to arizona and as they were kind of helping clear out um her previous living space like my mom was finding like expired cake mix from like 10 years ago (laughs) and it was just like is this a hoarding situation like is this a red flag like is this healthy but we have to remember like my grandma was born in 1930 during the depression you did not get rid of things unless you absolutely Uh needed to like it was everything could be reused at some point yeah Yeah. and so it's just kind of we have to remember okay what's a generational difference and what's an unhealthy behavior yeah it can be really there the the lines can be really Mm -hmm. blurry Mm -hmm. there i think which is complex true true for sure (laughs) yeah yeah for sure so the last question i guess is then um how does this season of life intersect with spiritual development yeah hugely yeah hugely um the starting with the midlife transition that letting go piece I mean, you're, that's the rubber meets the road there. You need to really release control of, of the life that has been and, and submit it all to God. Yeah. Everything you've, you've been working on, it's all, for, it's all God's work. And what is yet to come, God will lead you in what's to come. But learning how to, how to submit to God in mm-hmm. more personal ways, perhaps, or deeper ways, or when, when things, things that you've had around you to give you an identity and purpose and value and whatnot, kids, work, to name just a couple things, um, when those no longer need you the way they used to. It's a big change. Yeah, yeah. So just really relying on God and realizing that God God is enough. God is enough. It's a, it's a hard thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's still, again, many joys and many people around you still, but there are some, some significant things that fall away a bit. Yeah. in that year um, the golden years oh that's that's where your faith becomes the most real if you're yeah. a follower of Jesus because you're getting closer to heaven and some days yeah. you may long long for that I talk to people who will say sometimes what is God waiting for why am I still here mm-hmm. like they just want to go yeah because most of their people are gone mm-hmm. they are what they want to do they can't do I've heard my um, grandma say that yeah no. yeah or there's one nothing... I've heard my grandma say it too for like her husband like I remember when my grandpa had dementia and was um being put into a nursing home she was like why doesn't God just take him yeah because he's not himself anymore and so that can be really hard to watch too and yeah for sure for sure Mm -hmm. and that's when again one of my favorite things I get to do is be around people who are nearing the end of their life because Mm -hmm. I'm so encouraged I'm like shockingly encouraged I went to visit a man who died in June, um, so a few months ago. And the first time I went to see him after he was put on hospice care, I walked in and he and his caregiver were sitting at the table and he had oxygen on for the first time. And so I walked in, I said, hey, how you doing? And, and he said, 
I'm the luckiest man in the world. Mm. That's wow. how I was greeted from a man who's in hospice care, who's now on oxygen, who will never leave his home again, and mm -hmm. um, the luckiest man in the world. Mm. Wow. And I talked to somebody recently who um, who got a cancer diagnosis that doesn't look very good, and and checked in with him, and, and he said to me, I see God's thumbprint all over my life. Mm. I thought, oh. So for me as a younger person, I am spiritually encouraged by these these older saints who are nearing the ends of their lives and they see God all over their life and they are they have surrendered. They they've got the letting go thing down. Yeah. They have surrendered their life with all the limitations that they're currently experiencing to God and they're just living with the Lord in full trust and abandon and of course they probably have sad moments that i don't sure. hear yeah. i mean that's i'm sure that happens that's you know? that's true of anyone and ever <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 but still in the midst of that they're able to be an encouragement to me spiritually yeah that's wonderful being yeah. with somebody who's close to death um i don't know how anybody can deny that there's there's a life after mm -hmm. this death yeah. because i i sit with people who they all but see jesus when yeah. I'm in the room with them, yeah, you know, yeah, it's just it's amazing. Well, I think too, just there's so much wisdom that they have to share, and just so many things that they've experienced. Like <laughs> over the last couple of years, we've heard the phrase "unprecedented" way too oh, many yeah, times, yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm sure like a lot of things are new even to a lot of our seniors. Um, but still, they've seen so many things, and they have so much wisdom to give us. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, I, I don't regret per se, but like, I'm, I just kind of wish I had spent more intentional time when I was younger with my grandparents, kind of hearing their wisdom on different things. Because, like a lot of like my grand, I never lived near my grandparents, and so a lot of times when I was with them, I was also with my cousins mm -hmm. who were my age, and so. The priority was like go hang out with the cousins which yeah. is great that's mm -hmm. great but i wish i'd kind of had more time with my grandparents to kind of talk about like okay what was what was this like when this event happened or that event happened or that yeah. season and um like especially with my my dad's dad who's who was a pastor um this was his painting which is part of why i have it here cool. for those of you watching um and it just kind of like I wish I had the chance. I mean, it was it was years after he died before I realized I was going to go into ministry. But I just kind of wish I had that to him to kind of go to and kind of ask him about his life mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So I guess this is partly my encouragement to those of us who are younger to like really invest in spending time mm -hmm. with yeah people in these years because they just have so much wisdom to share with us. Right, right. And they're eager to do so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's one question I hear have for God when I see Him face to face. Although I'm I'm assured by a lot of people that once we see Jesus face to face, we won't have any questions. Yeah. We'll just be glad to be. We'll just be in awe. Yeah. Of being there, but but if I were to have questions, like <laughs> I feel like I have a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah, but younger people who would benefit most from hearing the stories of their grandparents are wrapped up in themselves mm -hmm. and aren't developmentally at a point where that's a value. Yeah. Stereotypically, um, yeah, for sure. So well, I was always more I mean, concerned, like I well, want to go yeah. have fun with my cousins, and like, that's appropriate yeah. for you. But every generation has that. People all say, "Oh, I wish I had." Well, I know. <laughs> yeah. By the time I realized <laughs> how you... much wisdom I could have gotten from my grandparents, they were 
had either passed away or had dementia. And it was like, I missed that window. I mean, I yeah. still have some with my one grandmother, but yeah. yeah I know, I know. Yeah. So much that they can share with us. <laughs> well, like my grandma's, she'll often send emails to um, her grandchildren. Like she'll do the grandson separately and then the granddaughter separately. And every email, she's imploring us to stay close to Jesus. And mm. the way she phrases it is sometimes interesting. Oh. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, she's still very much invested in praying for us. And so, I mean, it's really powerful to know that, like, you know, she has all of us on her mind mm-hmm. all the time. And mm-hmm. there's just such a beauty to that. Yeah. Yeah. That the... ability to just pour into other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first time I met Kirk's grandmother, um, his mom's mom, we were engaged. So um, we met. We went down to Iowa and visited her. And the first, so I, she opened up her door and we met. And then she said to me, I've been praying for you your whole life. Mm. And I just share that often because it was so impactful on me. And she, I only knew her for a few years before she died. Yeah. And she didn't, I didn't see her very often because she was out of state. But her impact on me, I still feel it, you oh, know? Yeah. Somebody that I didn't even know was praying for me for the first 26 years of my life. Yeah. <laughs> Holy buckets, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. I want to be able to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I th- and that just reminds me too, like, for those of you who are in your kind of golden years or your senior years, um, you can pour into a lot of people that aren't your grandchildren yeah, or aren't your children. Yeah. Like, I think of my friend... Um, Nikki, her grandma that we all knew as Nanny, she kind of became a surrogate grandma for like my entire friend group. Mm. Like we were always at their house in Lakeville. I remember one time we were like having a Nerf gun fight in her living room and like I was on the floor and suddenly she's standing over me with the Nerf bazooka just like pointed right at my face. Like she was great and she was just such an amazing example of just focusing on God and giving it all to God and like she poured into my life, mm. you know, even though she wasn't my grandmother, I knew her for years until she passed away last year. And like, just amazing godly legacy that she yeah. left behind. And like at her funeral, it was just incredible to watch her daughter and then her granddaughter friend. You could just see the legacy of faith huh, huh. just trickling down through both of them. And it was, that was just so great to see. Super cool. Yeah. You know, that's one of the beautiful things about being a part of a church is that at a church is multi-generational yes i mean there are babies to 90s here at faith covenant and where else do you get the opportunity to be with people who are who are in all of the i mean all the generations we've talked about or all the life stages or life seasons they're all represented on Mm -hmm. every single given sunday morning they're here Mm -hmm. so you have an opportunity (laughs) every week and and more than i mean multiple times in the week we have opportunity to, to intentionally choose to be with people who are not in our season of life yeah you know we've got grandparents that serve in children's ministries and um our yeah yeah our women's ministry team is going to be praying for all the young families Mm -hmm. um we're going to adopt a young family this fall and just pray for them for the year yeah um so just there's ways to be involved at a church that you don't find in normal life yeah one like part of i i don't know how many people at our at our church know this if you're newer, you probably don't. But we have a chore core that's mostly made out of people in this um, midlife transitions or golden years 
um, stage of life and they help keep the church clean like yeah. they vacuum they do the lawn all the yard work and yeah. like it, they're here every week it's two hours of their week yeah and it makes a big difference yeah it's, it's incredible <laughs> yeah. like they're just serving our church in such powerful tangible ways now as just an advertisement for the short court you do not have to be in that stage of life um, you can join at any aid they'd be happy to have younger people as well we've so. had some 20s show yep. up on occasion yep. and that's a cool thing to see yeah <laughs> yeah them serving side by side yeah and, and doing all that together so yeah and i mean i just want to say thank you to all the people who are in their golden years at faith covenant there are many people who have been here for decades that have just been um, faithful members of this church who have continually invested in this church and in the people here um, it's already made a huge difference in my life and I'm sure in yours oh, yeah. too. Well, for probably sure. more so for you since you've been here longer. Just because I've been so. here a while, yeah. 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 So, mm -hmm. any last things that you want to share about these last two stages of life that we've been talking about today? I don't think so. I think we covered it. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, we are all very thankful for Shar and all the work that she does and we're thankful for having you join us today um, and in the last couple of weeks to have this discussion about seasons of life. So. My pleasure. Yeah. And as always, if you have other comments or questions or topics you want us to address, you can email me. My email is in the notes section um, on the podcast information. So please let me know if there's other things that you want us to cover. So thank you for joining us today, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Bye.